Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Welcome podcast fans to episode 18 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking of pets is barely enough. To Suaving Adam Zwar and the US Army Blues Orchestra, we salute you for your intro skills, laying the foundation on which we will fill you, the listener, through your ears with the greatest animal-based edutainment since Dr. Chris Brown's stirring rendition of Timey Kangaroo Down Sport, a cappella style to a sold-out Sydney Opera House. I'm Dr. Robbie Andert, and I'm joined today by the man who, unlike the Adelaide Crows, has been voluntarily listening to a loop of the Richmond Tigers theme song blindfolded in a sensory deprivation chamber as a way of bowing down and showing deference to his yellow and black heroes because deep down he knows that he will not be able to hear his anthem next week when the resurgent magpies give the mewling tigers a taste of a good old-fashioned pantsing all the way back to punt road it's dr lewis kirkham lewis how are you going mate? oh robbie mate that's me oh good mate i'm going very well i went a little long form on that one too didn't i <laughs> oh, that's, that's excellent mate you're uh you're uh you think the 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 woods are going to have the the the, the go over the tides next week, mate. I'm confident, mate. I'm confident. In, in fact, so confident that should or uh, when the pies get up next week, I'm going to do the intro to the Collingwood theme song. Re- yeah, right. Okay, yes. well, that'll be in a couple of weeks' time because we're recording a few today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably by the time this drops, oh, no, it won't. No, no, it'll be right before the game. I, I, I did the oh. math. Yeah, so, so this one this one will come out just before the game. Right. And, then, and then the next one will come out then the, um, the, the, the week off. I'm scared so. for next week's intro, mate. I'm very scared <laughs> for the next week's intro. All right, what's, what's been going on this week with you, mate? All what's right, so, um, so, you know, as uh, any any listeners that we've got around Melbourne will know, it is, uh, it is uh, we are in the depths of winter, you know, it is yes. cold. Oh, it is freezing. miserable. Oh, um, horrible. And I don't know about you at work, but we've been seeing lots and lots of dogs coming in for their uh, arthritis injections. And the yes. owners have been saying, yeah, gee whiz, they really, really struggle yeah, in the winter Yeah, cartrophin or pentasan injections. Yeah, That's right. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. So um, so a lot of the dogs, but we've been seeing yeah, heaps of dogs coming in. And cats too. We use it use it for cats as well. Yep. I use it for um, for my two at home. Um, just to try and help to, uh, help to lube them up and keep yeah. the joints feeling okay yeah. in the colder winter. Oil for the joints, isn't it, mate? And, and it's really, it's... Um, Often we find oh, we'll do it once a week initially. You do the pentasan yep. and then and monthly or three monthly, depending on how they're coping. Yeah, it's it's interesting with that. Like I think there's um, you know, there, there's lots of different ways that different practitioners do it. Like I've heard yep. of some people where they where they redo the course every six months with oh, no yeah, boosters. Booster. I've heard oh, some right. people where, like we we do it where you have the the four weekly injections for four, and then we do it every three months. Yeah, but then um, but. You start to pick the dogs where the boosters don't really work as yes, well yes. once they've been on the boosters for a while. Yes. And those are ones where generally I'll say to the owners, like, so say if uh, it's springtime and the owners go, look, I can start to see that yep. it's not lasting the full three months. So see how you're going in the summertime. But next autumn, let's lube them right up again. Really give them the four boosters again lube initially. Them right up, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just really get those joints pumping. Um, just so then that way you're helping them out through the winter. So, um, yep. so we've had a few dogs that we've been restarting them over the winter too because yeah, they're just they're just struggling. Like instead of the three months, they're hitting the two month mark and they're just starting to uh, starting yep. to hurt. And then you 
using that as well as other multimodal uh, ways of trying to help them out with their arthritis, anti-inflammatories, yeah, um, supplements, all that sort of often, stuff. Often we have a few clients who uh, think that arthritis injections, the cartrophin injections, is the be-all and end-all. Yeah. So, you know, if they're not working, there's nothing more we can do. Well, we've got a whole, you know, five to five to 12 different things that we yeah, can add in there. Absolutely. Yeah, yes, maybe they've got some more side effects, but certainly there's lots more we can add in to help those dogs over winter. Yeah, I often say to people that the um yeah, the, the cartrophin if you or the pentasan injections, whichever flavour your vet uses, it's um more a thing like it's it helps for your mild to moderate yeah. arthritis yeah. but if you need something to do some heavy lifting your car trophin's not your jam nah, you know nah. you, you got you need to use something with a bit more oomph in there yeah. so yeah. spot on mate now this week for me it's yeah. it's been a little bit sad for me mate this week now All last right. few weeks i mean obviously you know we're talking footy Surioli retired yeah. gone yes. gone from the game australia bowed out of the world cup soccer yes robbie yep. Was voted off the Bachelor at USA edition. <laughs> I, it was. I was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. I thought I was really in there for a sh- in there for a shot. You know, yeah. it's the best way of Christina actually paying attention to me. You know, if I'm if I'm there on the Bachelor, mate. I tell you what. For those who don't know and don't aren't, aren't avid followers, the Bachelor at US, <laughs> the uh, there's a there's an excellent lookalike of Robbie. That I was, we were watching the other. Oh, Deb was sort of watching. I walked in the room. Oh, you, said, you weren't watching it, no, were you? Never. No, of no, course not. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I had, uh, you know, peeking through open fingers. Really, you know, <laughs> like it's a scary movie. And uh, there was a uh, a uh, you know a Chris, I think the guy's name. Okay, was. Okay, right. So yeah. if anyone wants to know what Robbie looks like. It's a very handsome version of Robbie that we've got. A very hirsute version of me of me as well, Lewis. Oh, you know, don't, that guy's go, got don't be hard on yourself, no, mate. Come no, on. he's um that, that's uh, that, that, the that camera the camera adds 10, 10 pounds to the hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's a decent bouffant the dude's got too. Like it's, it's very well coiffed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, maybe I could try that. Maybe I could give me some some life and bounce to it, Lewis. Some product you think, mate, might maybe, work, work yeah. into it. Well, we keep going that whenever I go to the um go to the hairdressers and the um or the, the barber. Yeah, I go, go to the barber, yo, um the Angelo in Mordial, he's a really nice um he's got a big hipster beard, you know. I take yeah. Ruben in there too yeah. and he clips Ruben's hair up and he says, Do you want some product in there? And Ruben goes, Oh yes, please. <laughs> Does me? He goes. Do you want any product? I go, mate. I gave up trying to impress anybody a long time ago. It's fine. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm, oh, you're lucky, mate. At least you get to go to the barber. I'm out. I'm tapped oh, out, mate. No, I'm out of that. No, no, no more barber for me. Do you walk past longingly, remembering, or you just, you know, nah, 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 nah straight nah. past. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got girls, mate. They Move go to on. the hairdresser. Oh, no, I don't even go near a barber. But also linked with that, Sean Hampson. Do you know? Remember Sean Hampson, the ruckman for Richmond? Oh, good. I like no. the quizzical look on your yeah, face. Yeah, no, no. I was hopeful you wouldn't be so well. No, he used to play for Carlton, play right. for Richmond. He's most well known for dating or you know marrying. I don't know if they're married, but having kids with Megan Gale. Oh, Megan Gale, Megan okay, Gale, right. international model, yes. fame, yep. fortune, actress. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is she all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, C grade. I think you'd be above C grade. Really? You know? Yeah. I don't, I don't think she's a Hollywood A list. But um, wait, wait till we hear the rest. Of what I'm going to go, say, go mate. For... I think we'll keep it C. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> but you know, they've had a couple of kids, and um, you know, I'm not a I'm not a vindictive person, mate. Right. Okay. I'm not bitter. I, you know me, I don't hold grudges. You're very you know? easy going, yeah, you know. Yeah. And yeah. They, they, you know, Megan had her first child three years ago. Right, yes, yeah. So about three and a half years ago, yeah. Megan. Hang on, hang on. What's that? <laughs> is, is that a plug I can smell? <laughs> <laughs> 
It's coming. It's coming. Damn, you know me well. You're coming in off a long run with the plug. Yeah, yeah. So three and a half years ago, you know, Megan Gale was pregnant. Sean, Richmond footy player, big yep. fan of Richmond. Megan Gale, all right, yep. Yeah, international celebrity. So, you know, they've got a, a border collie named Bosco. Right. So I thought, well, in the same vein, I've sent a copy of my book, plug, yes. plug alert, yep. tell your dog you're pregnant. <laughs> and I sent you a guy for dog owners who are expecting a baby at all goods bookstores or yep. online. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as I you know, sent a copy to the Queen yes. and the Duke and Duchess, Kate and Will, yes. and they kindly you know, sent me a beautiful letter back saying, we love the book. Yeah. It's the best thing, we, well, maybe not, best thing we've ever read. I'm yeah. sure that's what they were thinking. <laughs> So I sent a tweet out on Twitter, got yes. on Twitter, Megan Gale, you know, short tweet, look, you know, Lewis Kirk, a mom, you know, vet, done a bit of behaviour stuff, got this book. Yes. And are you pregnant? It's a, you know, worrying time, you got a dog, can I send you a copy of the book? Well, would you believe, within a minute, yeah. I got a reply. Wow. Oh, love it. That'd be fantastic. fantastic. Oh, what a great, I'd, I'd love that. That'd be, that'd be so good. I thought, oh, that's all right. Great. Yeah. yeah. Send me a copy through my agency. And, yes. And, you know, obviously modelling agency. So, oh, oh good. You know, I, I forked out my 40 bucks for a book, the $5 postage. I put it in the mail. Yep. Sent it off to her. Good faith, goodwill. Yes. Wait yep. later, you know, followed up with a tweet. Yeah, how'd you go? Did how'd you, get you the go? Book? Did you, you receive the book? the book? Exactly. Exactly. Yep. No reply. Crickets. All right. Yeah, cricket. Fine. She's a busy woman, international yeah, model, yeah. supermodel, Uber model, Instagram yes. star. Three weeks later. Have you got any questions on the book, Megan? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just any, following up. Yeah, yeah, anything I can help you with? Yeah. Zero. Nothing. nothing. Still nothing. Right. Five weeks later. Yeah, a little bit disgruntled, yeah. maybe, you know. Uh, are you finding the book helpful at all? Yeah. Have you still got any questions? Three and a half years later. Yes, yeah. I now have co-host a podcast. Right. Worldwide podcast. Well, worldwide podcast. And I'm not a bit of man, Robbie. Yeah, I'm right, yeah. <laughs> It, it, we broadcast to 21 countries. Yeah, fantastic. Including seven listeners in Madagascar. Seven now. Yeah, yeah. seven. Seven. So look out. Fantastic. Look out. We're going to have to hit the road in Madagascar. Go <laughs> <laughs> for a holiday over there. So I just, yeah, you know, I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah, yeah. We've got a few listeners out there now. Yeah, yeah. And all I wanted from Megan was a thank you. Right. Okay. Maybe a thumbs up emoji. Yeah, right. I don't think emojis are invented then. But anyway, maybe just a little ty. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's, yeah. the, that's the way the kids are. Yeah, that's, that's how it goes these right, days. Yeah, you know, no she's problems. a busy woman. Yeah, absolutely. But I got nothing. Right, so, okay. Look, you know, it would be really nice if the listeners out there, perhaps just email, you know, send a message to Megan on Instagram. Say, look, look, did you did you read Lewis's book? You know, yeah. You know, did did you, did you get anything out of yeah. it? Have you heard about this book? Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not after a, an autographed bathing suit or a photo. Or anything. No, no, just no. Just a simple ty. Yeah, right. Just a mate. thank you. So, yeah, yeah. So recognition. Really, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, sad week. Sean's retired. Right. Uh, uh, oh, Sean retired yeah, too. Didn't yeah, he? Sean Hampson. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, the, the, that's where it started. The Richard, yeah, you know, sad week. But but in some ways, I'm feeling good. Well, good. <laughs> that, that's good. You know. Um. Well, I think. Um. You know. Surely, surely someone out there would be able to, um, you know, it's the, it's 2018, the world's connected, you know, somebody would be able to say, you know, hey, you know what, Megan, you know, hey, have you heard about this? Yeah. Do you think she even got it? Or do you think someone from oh, her modelling agency oh, might sure. have thought, you know what, this is pretty good, I'm going to pocket this. Oh, this. private and confidential, I marked it, mate. Pretty oh, sure that you? goes straight okay. through, yeah. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, no <doubt> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, well, hopefully, hopefully we get more luck with Megan Gull well, than we got with Charlie Pickering. Well, well yeah. Well, maybe Megan. If yeah. she, she's obviously she'd be listening for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we're happy to do a small guest spot for you. We can probably spare maybe what thirty seconds for oh, Megan. Oh, oh, just like a little that? little vox pop. You know, a yeah, a little high on yeah. Megan Gale. We wouldn't do a segment. No. <laughs> no. I mean, we were obviously the Uber. The Uber podcasters now, we, we don't have a lot of time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we can work you into about uh, yeah, pod 25, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've we got a little yeah. spot there. Yeah, next year. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of which, we've got some interviews coming up, haven't we, mate? We have, we're going yeah. on the road. Yeah, so I've got a bit, of, a little bit of time coming up, and um, so we've uh, we've lined up at some interviews with some uh, a couple of the preeminent oh, specialists. The uh, doyens of the profession. Yeah. So um, Well yeah, above look, us. So keep listening, listeners. We've got some good interviews coming up with that, some... Some of the the top notch people of our profession. It should be pretty fun getting out there and having a uh, having a yak with the uh, with the specialists too. So more on that coming up. Yeah, definitely. Um, so um, I guess further on from last week where we were talking talking about the um, the anaesthetic free dental. Yes. Um, the about a week before that, I actually given um, gave Rosie a dental. Um, so her teeth were a little bit on the dirty side. So um, and after you saying that you took Olive in and uh, and did Olive's teeth, I thought. Crikey, I better pull my finger out and get out there and clean up Rosie's yeah. teeth too. So, Christina um, get onto you, did she? She's like, ooh, those teeth, Robbie. There'd been a couple of indications of going, you know what, you probably should take Rosie in when you're quiet one day and get her teeth done. So um, so I, I took a hint yeah. after about three hints. Uh, do, and do you use anaesthesia? Yeah. Uh, my word, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. must have listened to last week's yeah, podcast. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was a great podcast. Yeah. Um, so, um, and because I actually uh, did a few things with Rosie. So, because I had my um, my camera there, um, so I actually videoed giving oh, yeah. her the pre-med. I videoed um, taking a blood sample too, because sometimes people don't know how we take blood samples Good or stuff. where we take blood samples from. So, I've done that. Um, but then also taking a video of the actual dental itself as well, just to, to show people what we do, you know, so showing her going under the anaesthetic as well, you know, Fantastic, showing that, that she's just um, the, the induction, the intubation, um, and uh, and yeah, just the procedure of going in there and using the ultrasonic scala, how you can get in there, how you can get around and probe around all those teeth, yep. and everything. So, oh, um, great so, stuff. so keep an eye out on the um, I'll, I've just got to cut it, you know, yeah, I'm edit try it and down. sort of uh, yeah, <laughs> edit it, you know, get, get into the editing suite. Yeah, um, fantastic. So, so at some stage oh, over the next week that. or so, we'll um, we'll put that up so everyone and, can have a little. Look. And how'd she go with it? Was she nervous going under? Was she nervous with the blood test, or she cope pretty well? No, well, she's well. Look, she's a whippet. She's so, a whippet. Yeah. yeah. So, so she's you know nervous is her is her baseline. Yes. Um, but she was pretty good, you know. So um, so yeah, there was uh, she she sat there well for the injections and for taking the needle and then um popping the catheter in and everything. Yeah, it went an absolute dream. And then she was up and uh, even then once the anaesthetic was done, she was up and eating within within sort of you know well she was up in twenty five minutes and eating within forty minutes. Oh, so that's fantastic. So, so yeah, mate, she was doing really. Really oh, well. That's great. No, I'd love to see that video. I'll have to put that on the socials when you got it. Absolutely. Got it all edited and trimmed down. Now, this week, a really interesting article in the Sydney Morning Herald. Yeah. Titled Franken Duck Venom Holds Hope for Diabetes. Franken who? Franken Duck. Oh, okay, fantastic. Franken Duck Venom Holds Hope for Diabetes Treatment. Now, as you know, two of our favourite things in the last few few months, mate. Yep. Franken Duck. The platypus. Yes, the platypus. As yeah. you've seen in the wild. Yes, that's right. Down, that's right. In, yep. we've, we've seen proof of that. And diabetes that we talked about a couple of couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And the article talks about, so it's, I'll, I'll quote from the article. So it's, the first thing it says, sometimes you find beauty in the strangest places. Yeah. Now, at this point, we probably should get our wives on, mate, because yeah. <laughs> I reckon they could attest to uh, finding beauty, beauty in the strangest places, or people, possibly. Yes, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. But, but it goes on. 
sometimes you find beauty in the strangest places, like tucked in the heel of a horny platypus. Uh, of a horny platypus? A horny. Now, that piqued my interest. Yes, rightio. Yeah, uh, I can see why. Yeah. Rhinoceros style or, you know, um, in the boudoir style. <laughs> yeah. Spot on, mate. So, I kept, I kept reading. Yeah. So, it seems a gene in the platypus is similar to humans. Right. Uh, and makes a protein called GLP-1. Right. The human gut makes the GLP-1 as well after a meal, whereupon it stimulates the release of inion, in, sorry, insulin. Right. Uh, which, as we know from a couple of weeks ago, the hormone responsible for lowering our blood sugar. Yes, yep. And the GLP-1 is designed to break down quickly in the human bloodstream. Otherwise, your blood sugar would fall too far and you would end up comatose. So, so GLP-1 signals the insulin release from the beta islet cells it, in the pancreas? It must in must some do. way. Yeah, yeah, yes, right, in yeah. some way. It doesn't go deep into it. Yeah, we yeah, are talking yeah. the AG. Yeah, yeah. So I think they want to keep listeners <laughs> on the side. The platypus version degrades much more slowly. That makes it a very powerful potential trip for type 2 diabetes in which the body ah, yeah, 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 loses the ability to make insulin or becomes resistant to it. Yeah, rightio. So you're getting a bit of idea of where we're going here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you now. I'm, I'm, I'm on the trail. Yeah, yeah. yeah, good one. So they, they wanted to know where it was stored, where they stored the GLP, and they spotted it as it so often happens in the last place you would think to look. In venom dripping from the heel spur of a platypus on heat. Right. Yeah. Wow. So how's that? He's gone through the whole platypus. Yeah. Finally got to, hey, what's this bit here? Yeah. There it is. Boom. And sh- and they had to be on heat at the same time. Right, yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah, there were all these times I go, well, hang on, why is it on, on this one and not on the other yeah. one? Yeah. It's got to be, that's interesting, hey? Yeah. So they developed a synthetic form of the platypus hormone, avoiding the thankless task of milking <laughs> venom out of a randy platypus. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, righty yeah, yeah, yeah. And it yeah. seems to stimulate insulin production, at least in a test tube. The next step is giving some to a diabetic mouse. Yeah, right. One of the current drugs that diabetics use, also a form of GLP-1, comes from the salivary gland of a Gila monster, a venomous Mexican lizard. Right. Do you get many of those out at Waverley, mate? Uh, thankfully not. No, no, no. <laughs> we should get Franger on to talk about the venomous Mexican lizard. Yeah, absolutely. Franciscus, yeah, be all over that. Franciscus, our wildlife specialist. Or, yeah. No, I'm not allowed to say that. No, no, no. no, no. A, a wildlife aficionado. Uh, yeah, herpes aficionado. No, is there a <laughs> herpes? No, what's the thing for, for uh, when you talk about reptiles? Herp, herps. Herps? Herp specialist, yeah. Oh, the, uh, what, what, what is a, a specialist of a... No, yeah, oh, sorry, a, a reptile is a herpes, uh, herp specialist. Anyway, while Robbie's looking at that, we'll continue on. Drug development is a long and tortuous path, and this stuff has not been tested in mice yet. Rightio. So, this uh, Professor Grutzner has potentially found in, in, pl- in the horny platypus... Um, a, a possible cure for diabetes. So Now, what, one part of me in that thinks... What in the hell is the evolutionary advantage in having a, a hormone that is going to drop your blood glucose? Uh, oh, sorry, increase. Yeah, no, yeah dro- drop, drop your blood, your blood glucose because you're increasing well, your insulin. I was thinking, yeah, I know what you're saying. I was thinking about that because obviously it's when they're fighting another male, they'd use the spur. Yes. And if you inject the venom in the spur and perhaps if it drops their glucose enough, yep. they'll pass out. So but, they but give isn't up it the, the fight. female? It's a female that's got it in oh, the spur. Gee, I should have, should have read the article, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh. uh, if oh. she's on heat. If I knew we were having a platypus expert <laughs> on today, I would have read up on it, Robbie. <laughs> don't put me on the spot like this. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's the male, isn't it? No, no. maybe. Oh, the female's got it. Right. 
All right, we might edit that down and we'll re- reshoot yeah, that yeah. whole segment. <laughs> uh, because, because uh, you know, so then I'm thinking, okay, right. So yeah, if she if she jabs her boyfriend, you yeah. know, I mean, unless it's a way of trying to get him to go off to sleep, you know, if she sort of uh, had uh, enough. Actually, Professor Gunzer does provide Grutzner, 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 yeah, German. Das is German word. Da. Maybe the other male would go looking for food rather than females. So the, he, she injects him with the venom. Yes. Lowers his blood glucose. He gets hungry and he goes off for a snack he in the fridge. He gets munchies. He goes off for a snack in the fridge. Rather free. than heading down the Eats pub. a lot, falls asleep. It's all over. A done. No, no, no. And he, he doesn't, doesn't go, you know, yeah, hanging not around to, with... Not off to date him for dogs or no. platypuses. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find a mate. But, you so know... There you go. Yeah. And because, you know, it's not, the, it's not the first weird thing that a platypus has ever had to develop. You know, the fact that you've got a duck-billed, oh. you know, thing that lay... You know, mammal that lays eggs. Yes. You know. And, and then secretes s- milk on its skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You All know, that weird stuff. Odd, odd, one of the odder creatures going around. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of odd, yeah. right, can I, I want to tell you a story. Right? Yeah. So, so uh, this story keeps popping into my head. And I think I've got to talk about this yeah, yeah. with Lewis. And for the life of me, just never remembered. So I put it in my phone. So I go, right, we've got to try and talk about it this week. Right, so, let's go. Um, we, were, um, we were driving down the, uh, driving down the road. It was a sunny day, so we had the windows down. We're around in um, the, the leafy eastern suburbs of, uh, of Melbourne, out around Montmorency Way. Um, and we're driving down the road, and out of the corner of... Uh, so I'm, and I'm driving, and in my rearview mirror, right, so um, I'm driving, Christine's next to me, kids in the back seat, I, I see this, um, this flash come in through the rear vision mirror, and then I hear a thunk on the window. Ooh. Right? So I pull over... What's happened is a bird has gone flying across the road and has flown through the open window next to Reuben on the passenger side back seat, oh. right? But then because the car is going forwards, right, the uh, the, the the relativity right oh. of the bird's the bird's motion has then made it hit the back window, right? And so I'm looking. There's a damn bird in the back oh, of the car. Oh wow! Right? Like seriously, in the back of the car, and Reuben's gone. Daddy, did a bird just fly past? I said, yeah, mate, and it's in the back of the car. So, so we've pulled over, right, and, and strike me pink, on the inside of the, the back of the window is this sort of outline of the dust from the bird's dander that sort of landed on the back window. Right? And the the crucifix the, style on the window. Yeah, just, slap. Yeah. Yeah, smack. smack. You know? oh. um, and, so, and then the bird's just got out. Like So I've gone to catch it, and the bird's just flown back out the window again. Oh, so it lived. Oh, it lived. Because I was going to say, of all the cars you could fly into. Flying into a vet's car. Two vets cars drive. Two vets driving in a car. That's perfect. You well, know, immediately, immediately in my head. So it was a Sunday afternoon. I'm thinking, oh crap! Now I'm going to try and. I mean, I don't have any stuff in the car. I'm going to have to try and find a vet that's open on a Sunday to try and take it somewhere. And I'm oh, really? Am a vet? Can I bring this bird in? Yeah. <laughs> go, nah, mate. We're shut. But but seriously, so so we're driving along at seventy kilometres. Wow! Hour. The bird's flown in through the backseat, managed to not hit Reuben in the head, right? And then just gone between the two of them as the car's going forward and thunk into the into the back that's of the window. That's amazing, mate. It's pretty that awesome. That is bizarre. You know, yeah. Physics, man. Physics. Yeah. Was great. That's unbelievable. What's yeah. any idea on what sort of bird? Yeah, it was a um like a, a rainbow lorry. So it was a oh, decent, it was a decent yeah, right. sized bird. Okay, yeah, they yeah. give a good nip. Those ones. Oh, they. You yeah, try yeah. And hold them. <laughs> not when they got a headache, you know. I think he had a. He didn't nip you. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> he was too worried about his sore, sore neck. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought I'd share that because that was just a, um, just a completely and utterly bizarre. That is random, very weird. Yeah, yeah, just odd. And I never know. This might be a serial thing that this bird does. It might just be his thing. 
on a Sunday afternoon. Just likes flying into open windows. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> it sounds painful. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. All right. We better get into some cruxes and stuff the here. Right here. Dis- Have we got anyone for the disclaimer this week? No, I think it's just lonely oh, old me. Yeah, back to... Oh, damn. But just, oh, right. Sorry, mate. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how we go. All right, here we go. Uh, all advice on this show is general in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information, but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if we have missed anything or if there's anything that you need any clarification on. What have you got in your bag of tricks this week, mate? Righto. Now, as you as part, as the listeners know, I've, I've just started a new job maybe three or four months ago. Yeah. And uh, it's all great. Loving it. Absolutely amazing. But there's one thing that's really, really different about this job. I don't know whether it's we're busier or or the clients that, that I'm seeing, but I'm getting a lot more people wanting me to do toenail Right. Trims. Okay, yeah, and yeah. I think the difference might be at the old clinic I was at, the nurses knew I didn't like doing toenail trims too yep. much. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and they used to do them all. Whereas now I am I am the go-to guy for the to- toenail trim. You're, you know? you're Mr. Manny. Exactly. Mr. Manny Petty. The, the thing, I, I don't know how you feel about toenail trims, but yep. the thing that really gets me is when you, you know, you're in, you walk into the consult, yep, just here for a toenail trim, and there's always a comment from the owner, oh, you know, I do them at home, but they bleed. Yeah, or right. he struggles at home, yeah. and, and we can't hold him down, or he bites, or, yes, or, yeah, or, yeah. or, or my, my partner can't hold her, you know, or they bled the last time, Yep. and all we're thinking is, well, all those things happen here too. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know? yeah. We, we, we can... Uh, we can obviously do them a little bit better and try and not let them bleed. Yes, yeah. But um, but uh, but we do sometimes have them bleed, and absolutely, we've got special sticks and that sort of thing. That when they do bleed, but then when you go and trim them, yeah, maybe you have to do it in, under a better light out in the surgery or something like that. You know, so you can see what you're doing a bit better, and you bring them back and they go, oh, they're not short enough. And you're like, well, yeah, I don't want them to bleed. No, that's I don't right. Don't want it to hurt. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about. No, a little bit about toenail trimming, and a lot of owners have problems doing it. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, yeah look, I'm, I'm being a bit facetious, perhaps. You know, we're happy to do it at the absolutely. Vet. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the, one of the things we do. Yeah, exactly. Happy to help out. And obviously, we do our best to, to not make them bleed. Yeah, but but the anatomy of the the toenail is such that um, inside the toenail, obviously, you've got the toenail itself. Yep, and then you have a blood vessel called the quick. Yep, and then right sort of next to the blood vessel is a nerve as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's why when you go to trim the toenails. That can be painful if you get too close to that nerve. Yeah, yeah. So often, you know, when you cut that nail uh, and it bleeds, you're also cutting a nerve at the same time. So the bleeding's not the reason the dog doesn't like it. It's actually that nerve that's sitting right next to the quick. You're going through tissue with sensation. Yeah, it's the same with us. You know, if you've got... um, if you uh, catch a nail, yep. you know, the very end tip of your nail doesn't have any feeling in it. But if you rip your nail yes. down a little bit further, you've that you've got tissue there. Where yep. there's tissue, there's nerves, and yep. so you do anything to that, then it's going to hurt you. That's perfect, yeah. mate. That's a that's a really good explanation to give it. Yeah, if you cut your own nails too short, they just hurt, don't they? Yeah. So, um, so look, you know, we um, you know, when you've got the clear or the white nails, yeah, you can. You can see that anatomy really well. Yep. You can see where that blood vessel is and you know you've got to go maybe three millimetres, you know, past that, that area. Yeah. Um, and a nice good pair of sharp uh, nail clippers help so you're not squeezing the, the nerve, sort of squeezing the, the nail as you yep. cut it. Um, and, and the white ones are great. But when you've got the black nails, it can be really hard. Sometimes, yeah. you know, you can judge it off the white one that's on the toe next door. Yes, yep. Um, but often we just take little bits off at a time and maybe until they... A little bit, a yeah. little bit, just tap it in. Um, what I say to people with black nails, I go, yeah, look, so white nails, you can see, kind of see where you're going. But black nails, it's 40% anatomy. 
40% experience and 20% luck. That I like that, mate. I'm going to use that. Yeah, go That's for it. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon <laughs> it's about 60% luck. <laughs> And 20 of the other two, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I never was much good anatomy in school, so <laughs> uni. But, uh, so, look, solutions. You know, obviously, a lot of owners want to be able to do it at home, and yeah. it is possible to do it at home. Absolutely, yeah. And you don't need to come to the vet and pay you 20 or 30 bucks yep. to have the vet do it, you know, and take time. Um, but it needs to be done slowly. Yeah. And the, the, it's all about behaviour training. And yes. there's some really good video by Sophia Yin, if you search her on YouTube, Nail Trimming. Yep. And basically the idea is that you associate the clippers with something good happening. Yeah. That's really all you're trying to do. So you pick up, you know, maybe it's, you might put the clippers away. So let's, let's take it a step back. You might start with, I'm just going to touch the dog on his foot. Yep. And then I'm going to give him a liver treat. Yep. Or he can be, you know, licking this spoonful of peanut butter that my partner's holding and I'm just sort of massaging the feet gently. Yeah. And then before he gets upset or he looks at it, we take the peanut butter away and the and the touching takes away. Yeah. And you might do that for a week. Yeah. It yep. might be a week of doing that twice a day for five minutes, just getting used to having the tap of the top of the toes. Absolutely. Yeah. Or, yeah. or some gentle pressure. And then, you know, maybe the next week you might bring the clippers along and just put the clippers on the ground and just feed us a treat. Uh, just yep. so then that way they see that they're not. It's not all the time clippers, yeah. feet, pain, bad. Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to break it down into oh, someone's t- touching my feet. That's and then I get something nice. Yeah, that's some, good. Exactly. Yeah. Something good happens every time those you know that something happens in my feet. So, and then you might you bring the clippers closer. Then you might clap, tap the clippers on 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 the foot. Oh yeah, actually, just tap it on the nail. Yeah, without actually sort yeah, of right. cutting or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, good and, one. And uh, and and. The next, you know, the next week, you might just squeeze them on the on the without cutting, so they yes. just get used to it. And just making sure that the dog doesn't respond if they become upset, or they even look at the foot and seem to be distracted away from the treat or whatever you're yes. feeding. Yeah, yeah. Then you've gone too far too quickly. Yeah, so you've right. got to take it a step back. So it does take time, but I reckon within about three sort of months. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, well, often we're trimming nails maybe every six to eight weeks in some dogs. Tend to be depending coming. on the dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I reckon in two months between yep. a trim. You can get quite away with that sort of stuff and almost have it that that you can do it on at home. Yeah. Um. Some owners, you know, you suggest walking on a road or on the on the concrete. That seems to really work with some dogs. Yeah. But then some dogs it doesn't. So yeah. I'm not really sure. You got any thoughts on that? I, I do. Yeah. I, I. So I've got sort of two theories. Like, so yeah, a lot of it. Dogs when they're walking around on their nails, they're they're not actually walking on the flats of their or on their feet. They're not walking on the flats of their toes. Yep. They're walking because the tendons, the the deep digital flexors that run all the way down the end down to the end of the toes, make the dogs walk. I'm, I'm you know doing hand signals here to Lewis. Yeah, you know, where they're where they're, where they're sort of walking. Excellent right for on the me, tips. but not yeah. so good for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mesmerised here, a, a listeners. Mental picture. Yeah. Um, so so dogs walking around on the tips of their toes rather than actually um on the on the flat. So if they're walking around on the tips of their toes then as their nails go out their nails should be wearing on the on the ground yep. as they're going yes. as well but I think sometimes in some older dogs, they their 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 deep digital flexors start to flatten off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they flatten out. And yeah. as they flatten off, it then means instead of the nails then really bearing you know, hitting the ground yep. as they walk, they flatten out. And so if you're not constantly getting that wearing of the nail on the ground, yep. then the quicks just get longer and longer and yeah, longer. Yeah, and they grow out to the side or they curl around. Exactly. They? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Conversely, then some. 
problem small little dogs particularly dogs like pugs they seem to just always get flexion of those um of those flexes and so instead of then the nails uh, wearing down when they walk they actually curl right around and so the quicks yeah. just constantly curl around and potentially then grow into the um uh, grow into the pads yeah i like that yeah. okay um, yeah so uh, and there ain't no science behind that other than you know uh, years of observation and and yeah a whole yeah. lot of bs and a good storytelling it just That's seems it. some dogs just need it don't they yeah, they need a trim yeah. it doesn't seem a, not always a rhyme or reason certainly when they're older and they've got that real flattened kind of foot yeah yeah, yeah the um the, the the tendon that you said with the uh excellent name deep digital flexor deep like digital that, flexor yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, DDF. I, I haven't heard that since my yoga class <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there is a way as well with some dogs. You can train them. You can make a like get a piece of wood, yeah. put some sandpaper on it. Oh yeah, and you can train them to scratch with their front feet. Oh, on, no, so you teach cool. them to tap on the board, and then you teach them to dig at the board. Yeah, right. So that's another way you can do it as well. There's nice. some great great YouTube videos about that, yeah. that as well. And then I suppose you know, yep, certainly bring it to the vet. You know, is 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 the next option. Yeah. But really, when you come to the vet, we might put a muzzle on. Yeah, briefly. Yep. But it shouldn't be a case of there's two people restraining the dog and a third one clipping. Yeah. No, you shouldn't need more than perhaps one person to just hold the dog. Yeah. They shouldn't be overly stressed by it. You know, flipping around. You have to hold them down. Yeah. Because I think if it's getting to that point, that's the point where you need to say, all right, I think we maybe need sedation. This is really one. It's stressing the dog out now. Yeah. But two, when it comes next time, it's going to be stressed when it. Gets out of the car. So much worse. Yeah. Exactly. And it just worsens over time. So, you know, I, I don't, uh, you know, make sure that when you do take them to the vet that you are aware of their their responses yep. and how they're being and be be open to the thought of just sedating the dog yeah. you know, for a quick procedure of cutting those nails. And when we sedate them, we can then cut them a lot, often a lot shorter perhaps yeah. because they're not feeling that squeeze of the pinch of the clippers. Yeah. Um, and I guess if they do tend to bleed when they're under sedation, we can easily sort of cauterize and stop that bleeding. Absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, go on. I was just saying, I reckon two of the things there with when you're um, saying about... I, I, because it's interesting because we've been talking about this at work lately, you know, of of dogs that are coming in or cats as well. Yes. Where the dogs just get themselves so worked yes. up with the nail clipping that it's uh, – or, you know, you're, you're uh, trying to take blood or you're trying to um, uh, squeeze their anal glands or something like that um, and they just get themselves just so, so worked up that if it is something that you can't do it easily – yeah, yeah – Anyone can manhandle a dog or a cat, yes. pin them down and get the job yes. done. Yes, we can but, all be brawn, can't we? Yeah, which which is probably you know more the 1960s way of doing things. Yep. But there are better ways of doing yeah, it now. Yeah, there are now. So, so absolutely, if your vet says to you, you know, look, w- this it is better for your pet to do it this way, absolutely it's better for your pet. And don't forget as well, it's probably also better for the staff as well. It's going to be safer for the staff, you know, um, to, to, be, to do that. Because like our nurses have said, you know, we, we don't want to be getting scratched. We don't want to be um, you know, feeling like we're doing the wrong thing by these dogs. Yeah, um, so yeah certainly. But I think I think the first thing you touched on is the biggest thing is the welfare of the animal. Yeah, that, absolutely. You know, yeah. we can all, they're all ways. We're used to, I suppose, dealing with animals that are fractious and yeah. upset. And there are times when we do need to do that. So 
we do have ways to minimise us getting scratched and everything. But what we really worry about is the damage we're doing to the dog or the Absolutely, cat. It's yeah. the stress that we're doing in holding them in that position yeah. just to get you know, nails trimmed. So yeah. you know, a quick sedation, you know, they're down, their nails are trimmed, they're up, they're home again. They, they had no, no worse off for knowing what was going on. Absolutely, um, yeah. and, and it's often a much, much better way. And as well as that, you know, we can look at giving some medications before the visit too. Yes, yeah. You know, we've talked about this a lot, particularly with Olive going in for a dental. Yeah. You know, the things like trazodone, clonidine, gabapentin, zilkine. Yep. They're all words to the listeners, but, yep. you know, write them down, take them into your vet and say, look, you know, what about this? You know? Or even just go to your vet and say... Is there something that we can try and give my pet before getting this done? And even make it on a day before you're going in to get the nails trimmed. Go in and say, look, I I don't like the fact that my dog gets so worked up coming in to get this done. What can we do to try and help? You Definitely. Know? You know, say that you've listened to... Uh, you know, the podcast. Talk Pets that's, podcast. That's right. <laughs> Episode eighteen. Just yeah. checking the rain sheet <laughs> and where we're at, uh, just, and and tell them. You know, we've I've listened to Lewis and Robbie, and they've they've suggested these things. Um, yeah. What do you guys think about this? You know, where can, can I get some of this to help my dog cope much easier with the nail trim when we come in? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, with then. Um, I find two of the reasons why people come in to get their dog's nails trimmed when probably they don't need it, um, and we're seeing it a lot more now um, uh, with the first one, is that they hear their dogs tapping their toes on the floorboards. Um, and the second one is that the dog's nails are cutting them when they're um, when they're jumping oh, up on their legs. Yes. Um, and I find that they're the times where then the owners off, get off, often get quite you know, um, inquisitive and go, you haven't really taken much off. Or we look at the nails and we go, literally, we'll be shaving Mm. a millimetre off these Mm. nails. Mm. Um, And they go, but it's making these noise on the floorboards. It's making, they're hurting when they're jumping on me. Um, Again, the like when we were talking before about the deep digital flexor, where it's sort of using that to try and help to hold the feet down. The whole reason for having that is that dogs develop their nails so that they can get themselves grip when they're running around on grass and dirt and sand and that sort of stuff. Yep. Their dogs aren't supposed to run around on polished floorboards. <laughs> so if a dog can't get grip, the you know, if a dog's out um, running around out on slippery ground, the dog's going to push its nails out so it can try and get grip. If it can't get grip on polished floorboards, what's it going to do? It's going to poke its nails out more, which means that yep. it's going to tap. You hear so, that noise. Exactly, yeah. So... Um, Unfortunately, a lot of dog, dogs with polished floorboards, they will start keep making the tapping noises. We can certainly trim the nails back as far as we can if they are too long, but your dogs are still going to tap. Yeah. Um, and the jumping up on the legs, the dogs are jumping up and again, they're gripping you with their nails. We can trim the nails up, but they're still going to grip you with their legs. Yeah. Dew claws, absolutely. If the dew claws are too long, yeah. they're often the ones that hook around because they don't meet up with the ground. We can trim those ones back. But quite often, the rest of the nails, it's the dogs actually jumping on the legs that it, that's the problem, yeah. not actually the nails. Yeah, and with that jumping up stuff, what I find is it's common in puppies. You know, they've got really sharp sort of sort the of pointy nails. ones, the needles. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But when you do trim them, instead of actually making it uh, a nice flat blunt surface. What can happen is you sort of make the nail a sharp edge. It's got two edges now. Yeah. So instead of just scratching with one tip of the point, it's often a double sort of scratch that you get. So yeah, it doesn't right. really have the desired effect always. Yeah. You know, of, of, of trimming the nails and then they're not going to scratch. And as well with the gripping too, like you, like you sort of mentioned. So, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a real change that I've, I've got sort of um, happening is that you know, now that everyone's wanting to get their nail trims and the nurses know it work. They, they come out very <laughs> tentatively and they're very quietly. Oh, Lewis. 
there's a nail trim for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't get upset, but they know I don't like it. So big shout out to the nurses at work. They're uh, fantastic at the moment. Well, well I've yeah. had, um, I, I've been uh, tapped as being the, um, the, the the preeminent pug nail trimmer. Oh. You know, I've got, I've got, I've got the, uh, this stream of pugs that come in because pugs, they get themselves work, so oh, worked up when yes. you're trying to do anything. And they're because the, their nails curl right around, I've got about four or five pugs that come in to see me for, specifically because usually the nurses will, will trim the nails. If they're in a consult, we'll trim the nails. But these are ones that the nurses aren't confident in doing because yes. of how much they curl yes. around. Yeah, and they're hard to and hold. And so the ones that specifically come in and see me. So I've got this, you know, I've got this little niche, you know, pug mani pedi, oh. you know, uh, a business going you, on. You should set up a little side shop, a little mate. little side <laughs> show there, yeah. Maybe you could do like some Chinese massages as well. They often go together. <laughs> Maybe I could do those things like what they got in Thailand, where they got the fish that come and eat the um, oh. eat the dead skin off your feet. Maybe we could do that, Wh- but which have the part fish are you? Chew the nail. Na- na- what's that? Which part are you? The fish? Oh no, I'm just the person that runs the fish tank. <laughs> oh right, oh, I'm with you. Right, okay. I was just imagining you in the tank going, huh? "How's he going to hold his breath to trim all these nails with his teeth?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, gee whiz, this is this is a really good nail. This, <laughs> this is tasty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Now, what do you got, mate? You got something for us this week? So, what I wanted to talk about, Lewis, I wanted to talk about polydipsia. What's um, that? So, polydipsia is the fancy way of saying drinking too much water. So, ah, um, right so eh? one of the we're talking a few um, eps ago about um, signs of things when things are going wrong in your pet. Yes. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, weight loss, drinking more, weighing more, lethargy, all that sort of stuff. So, given that drinking more is a pretty big sign and can be a pretty big indicator for many different diseases, I thought maybe. Maybe we'll just, rather than talking about the diseases that can potentially cause um, uh, uh, polydipsia or drinking more, what is polydipsia and, and where's the line? Where's the line in the sand yep. of knowing, gee whiz, hang on, I think my dog or cat is really drinking way too much water. Yeah, so, um, yep. so what we often look at doing, there's a, a bit of a rule of thumb of how much water a dog or cat should drink per kilogram of body weight per day. Right. Um, so the the numbers that I sort of quote to my clients is sort of 40 to 60 mils of water per kilogram per day. So to put yep. that into a real world context that, that for you. Cats and dogs? Uh, yeah, pretty well cats yep. and dogs. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, yep. Because generally, if you're most of the time with animals, if you're wondering are they or aren't they drinking more water, then chances are they're probably not drinking more water. Agree, a, mate. Exactly. Yeah, totally yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If they're drinking more water, they're drinking more water. <laughs> yeah. you know, you're walking into the toilet going, I could have sworn this thing had water in there you know, the last time I flushed. You yeah, know, I, or, or they're drinking the pool. You know, your, your pool's getting lower. You know. Yeah, um, I had a, I don't know, Deb, Deb knows somebody I think who who knows a dog who's a, a dog, a, a doctor who's a, a diabetic doctor, I think. And, right. Uh, and he sort of said, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I drink a lot of water. And he goes, if you've got diabetes, you're basically glued to the tap drinking water yes yeah, that's yeah. a lot of water that's a lot of water yeah. and so that's what we're talking about i think with these animals isn't it it's exactly know? right so yeah. 40 to 60 so what are we looking at there so, so say 10 kilo dog yeah your, your run-of-the-mill jack russell yep. would be drinking 400 to 500 mils of water per day so it's like two two cups of water would be as a, a an Half average a liter. Of what, yeah of, of what you would call normal yeah that's you know, a lot of water <laughs> but, but, but that's still you know uh, before that then you're not going well hang on this isn't you know isn't isn't dangerous zone you yes. know um th- usually the times where you start to get into the real signs of issues is where you're talking um uh have i got my maths right there yeah for 10 10 kilo dog 10 kilo yes, 50, yeah, 50, yeah. 50, so, yep, yep. so 
when you're getting up to 90 to 100 mils per kilo per day, right. that's when you're starting to talk That's the issues. figure I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, so, yes. So if you've got a dog, so again, the 10 kilo Jack Russell, um, or 10 kilo, say 10 kilo, you know, 10 kilos for Jack Russell's probably got bigger problems. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, all right. It's yeah. all good. Um, it's all good. But, um, but yeah, 10 kilo Jack Russell, if it's drinking a litre of water per day, <sighs> that is a, that is a polydipsic One, dog. 10% of its body weight. That's, yeah, uh, that's, that's a, a lot of that's water. That's a lot of water. Yeah, wow. Um, the and so there's a there's grey area between there. So if you've got a dog that you think might be having one of these diseases and they're drinking seven hundred mils, eight hundred mils, yeah, absolutely. That's a dog that you that you're saying is is probably warranting more investigation. Yes, you know if it's one where you're going, well, hang on, does this dog has it got diabetes? Does it have Cushing's disease? And it's drinking five hundred mils of water a day. It's probably not necessarily yep. going to be a, a, yep. a polydipsic disease. Yep. So, how so, do you measure water, mate? What's what do you do? So, measuring water intake, best, best way of doing it is doing a forty, a twenty-four hour water, um, right. water count. Right. So, what you do, eight a.m. in the morning, or whenever you get out of bed, yep. empty the water out, put in a certain amount of water, be it. 500 mils, 400 mils, whatever. Yep. Halfway through the day, measure what's been drunk. Yep. And then you record that down, tip it all out, replace it with the same amount again, and then do it again then the 12 hours later. Easy, and, easy. And record it down. And you do that over sort of, yeah, three to five days to get yourself some uh, some decent data of what that water consumption's looking and like. It might sound like a simple thing, though, but if you've got a couple of animals... Makes it a little bit tougher. Maybe separate them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep, keep, them, keep them separated for 24 hours or something like that to try and see at least, you know, are you getting you know, numbers that are looking like, or it's send one of your dogs to go and live with your folks yeah. for, you know, for a couple of days and, or something like that. And keep them away from the fish pond or the, the fish pond where the, the fish are eating the toenails. Keep them away right. from that. Don't drink that water. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Away from the pool, whatever they're the drinking, yeah, 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 anything yeah, else they can drink from. No, he hasn't been drinking anything yeah. out, of, out of his water bowl, but he hasn't come away from the pool for, you know. <laughs> yeah, but the pool's basically drained and the kids are diving on the yeah. floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's because sometimes these, these animals, because they are polydipsic and they're just drinking so much that they are looking for yep. um, they're looking for any source of water they can. They're yep. sticking your, their heads in your, in your glass of water next to your bed. They're licking the water from the bottom of your shower recess after you've had a shower. But um, they can be normal things too. Don't think if your dogs or cats doing that, that that's necessarily, it needs to be an excessive Exactly, yeah, amount. yeah. If, yep. if they're doing that and they're emptying, the, the, the big one is, as most people see that the water bowl's empty, yes. you know. Um, if the water bowl's emptied, then you start going, well, hang on, if there's no hole in the water bowl, then this is this is a little bit weird. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, sometimes I get people going the other way. They are going, oh, my, my animal's not drinking much. Oh, excellent not point. drinking enough. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And look, that's really uncommon. Yeah. Unless your dog or cat's unwell. So yeah, have absolutely. other signs. It'll be lethargic. You know, it might be vomiting, or you know, there's something else that'll be going on. Yeah. It's never just we see a sick animal because it's not drinking enough water. Yeah, they get a lot of water maybe from the wet food that Correct. they're eating, yep. or you know, maybe that puddle in the backyard, or whatever it is, or the mints, or whatever food you're feeding. There's a lot of water in that. Yeah, and so not drinking is is enough water is is obviously as long as we're healthy. Yeah, is much less of an issue. Whereas you can have a dog or a cat that's just drinking a lot of water, bucket load, yeah. and, and they're unwell. There's something wrong with them but they haven't got any other signs of being unwell so yeah, yeah. And, and the classic one with that is you know, like when they come in and you're talking to the owners you go oh are they um are they eating and drinking oh yeah he's drinking really really well 
okay, he's drinking really, really well, but is he drinking more than you? Oh, he's always been a really good drinker. Yeah. Yeah, good, but is he drinking more than what he used to? Are you filling up the water bowl more? Are you finding the water bowl empty? Are you finding yeah. drinking from other weird spots? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, Please give us more information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then... So, so if you've counted how much water your your pet's drinking, and yet it's it's getting into that danger zone, generally we'll run blood tests, but also then try and catch a urine sample as well. Yes. So, so the so other, what comes in must come out. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of information to be gained from being able to check the urine at the same time as the blood sample, because if you've got uh, with you're looking at the urine sample, you're looking for glucose. If you've got diabetes, you're looking for signs of yeah, infection. Doing the taste protein. test, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, we yeah, talked yeah, about dip yeah, the finger in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just. <laughs> <laughs> mm, just I'm going to put some of this in my coffee. Check yeah. for the sweetness. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, you're looking for urine concentration because your urine concentration gives you an idea of are your kidneys able to concentrate yes. your wee. The classic one of you're gone for a run or yeah, it's summertime and you do really, really darkly coloured wee. Well, you're probably dehydrated because yeah. your kidneys are concentrated the urine. Or you've had a bend of the night before yes. in some, some cases. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, sometimes, yeah. Um, when you're at university, when you're at many university, years ago. And you can get away with that sort of stuff because <laughs> the kids don't wake up at half past six in the morning. Um, so... The other, the conversely, if you've got uh, if you've got really dilute urine, um, well then that means that unless you've been drinking a lot of water and you've diluted your blood out and your kidneys yep. going, hang on, we've got too much fluid here, we need to get rid of it again from the bender the night before because you've been <laughs> drinking too much, um, or your kidneys just can't concentrate because there's something else that's yes. going on. Yep. So, um, so we need to get that urine sample too. So. If ever your dog is drinking more or weeing more or your cat um, and you take him into the vet, try really hard to not have them wee before you go into the vets. Come in legs crossed. Legs crossed, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We re- It's always sad when you find out that the dog's weed on yes. the fence post on the way in. Yeah. Go, oh, jeez, yeah. I would have liked that sample. He just weed in the consult room if you want to go and get that sample. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I've done that before. Yeah, I've done that oh, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Drawing up on from the, the syringe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You beauty. <laughs> up we go. That's nice. Once I had to try and um, there was a cat that I flat out could not be getting a urine sample yeah. from it because it had always stressed itself out and when it had come into the clinic it had always weed in its in its cage oh, yes. and just out of frustration I squeezed the wee sample <laughs> out of the towel I only looked for the concentration though I didn't do any other tests right? and I said to the you owner, don't think that's going to be concentrated with other uh, uh, bugs mate and a bit of, of dirt and stuff and, and increasing like the USG I, I certainly haven't seen any um, any scientific papers on the uh, you know, on, on the changes of the USG, but I said to the other, I ain't going to charge you for this, but I've just, you know, I, I just wanted to see what I could get, so I squeezed a wee sample you, out of the too towel. honest, Robbie, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm too honest. I'm, I'm not a good businessman. I'm just way too honest, yeah. Um, so uh, so I thought, you know, how else do we then catch a wee sample? Yes. So, um, so uh, catching a wee sample from a female dog is much easier because generally they squat down yep. um, and it's easier to try and um, catch a free catch sample by sliding a container between their legs. Um, I often say to owners to use a, a clean, dry, takeaway food container or yep. something like that. Spot nice on. and flat yep. that you can slide yep. under the legs. Um, yeah, wash out the, the sweet and sour pork that yes, you had the night yeah, before. Yeah, the lemon yeah. chicken. Yeah, Get rid that, of that. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Wash it out a little, you know, at least decently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's very yellow. Oh, that's the, that's the sauce from that's the lemon the chicken. Chicken, yeah. <laughs> that's the saffron rice that's in there. Oh, what's this strange parasite that's floating in there? Yeah. <laughs> that's a piece of pineapple from the sweet and sour pork. Yeah, yeah. It's, 
is this a cardamom pod? <laughs> it's quite strange to find in a urine sample. Um, so I'm going to think of that because we had Indian takeaway for dinner last night. Oh, nice. Um, so, uh, so that yes. explain the fumes you're breathing out yeah, of me, Yeah, I know. Mate. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but geez, it was good. Yeah. Um, so uh, so catch a female urine sample by that. Males can be a little bit tougher because they like to cock their leg. So you need to be a little bit more strategic on trying to get it up into the line of stream yeah, when they yep, cock their leg yep. up. Um, as Try as best as you can to not try and knock their legs. If you do that, then they're going to stop. Uh, uh, you know? uh, what, what are you Ooh, doing? Oh, 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 tighten that sphincter yeah, up and you're all done. It's stage fright, isn't it, mate? It you know? is, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You're all right at the urinal until that bloke stands next. You go, oh, 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 oh hang on. Uh, don't touch me. Don't yeah, look tighten at me. things up a little bit now. Yes. Um, the, uh, the other thing then with, um, uh, I guess, trying to catch uh, cat samples, if you're trying to get one at home, you can get the, the cat train crystal. They're like yeah. non-absorbent little crystals you put in their tray. Yes. Um, but ideally, your best way of trying to get urine samples is sterile ones, and we can do that using a, an ultrasound and doing a cystocentesis sample. Yes. Or with cats, you can actually so, get a cysto sample, which is passing a thin needle into the bladder. Um, with cats, you can generally do it with them awake, you know, yeah. uh, without using an ultrasound because yeah. you can hold the bladder and get it that yeah. way. Incredibly safe, but um, dogs, sometimes you need to use an ultrasound if it's not a big bladder that you can actually feel. Yeah, so we do have ways of... Way Ways of getting urine samples. We have ways of getting the wee sample. Yeah, exactly. And and if it means you come into the clinic and we put a little needle in the bladder, so be it. Like Robbie said, it's very safe. Very safe and yet a really good way of getting what should be a sterile sample. So it can make a really big difference when trying to get a urine, uh, uh, trying to do a urine culture. Yeah, exactly. Because when dogs and cats do a wee through the normal means, yep. Um, there's bacteria in those in in that urine, then isn't there? So always the potential, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Because it's there is always normal bacteria as part of the flora that is in the yeah. um that's in the urethra. Urethra, yep, yeah. Yep. So perfect. Ah, oh, good stuff, mate. Fantastic. So there you go. And I'll, I'll write down all those numbers in the show notes too. So if you're trying to keep it, don't, don't worry about trying to commit it to memory. We'll have it in there if you uh, want to uh, refer to it later. Yeah, fantastic. But do remember Megan Gale. Yep, send her, send her a message. Send, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that won't be in the notes, but send her a message. Yeah. 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 Um, how are we going time-wise? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What yeah, do you yeah. got? You got something? Uh, yes. So, oh, we got a mailbag. Um, we got a mailbag. Fantastic. So, so mailbag. This one, um, uh, it, it was Lucy who's written into us. Um, and what Lucy wanted to... Uh, Lucy writes, I'm really worried about my cats Tanzania and Momba. Not their real names, but but if oh, Lucy's listening... to say, is it Tanzania? No, or no, no. There's, Tanzania. Um, no, no. It's uh, it's it's tan- Tanzania is the right. uh, is the pseudonym, the the nom de plume. Oh, well, I guess if you've given the name, we have to go with that. Yes, that yeah. pronunciation. <laughs> Tanzania. Oh, oh, did I spell it right, wrong? Did it? No. Ta- oh, I was going to say. I, I, Tanzania. I Tanzania. No, it's Tanzania. 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 Hang on oh, a yeah, second. You'll, you'll get. You'll, 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 I have to sit down and don't my spell cats, it out. My cat Jeff minute. and Momba. Jeff right. and Momba. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Geoff? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Tanzania and Momba are eating indoor plants. Um, uh, so oh, sorry, I'm worried about my cats. Tanzania and Momba eating indoor plants as so many of the plant varieties I look at are potentially toxic. Do you have any tips to try and help to stop them eating indoor plants that I don't want them to? Regards, Lucy. Oh, wow. That's a good one. So, yeah. the, the background on this was that I was um, actually talking to Lucy then after this. And um, and Lucy uh, was saying that uh, she was at the um, at a, a florist and was looking at um, the... You know, looking 
what plants would be safe for cats yes, and yes. and googling everything and everything uh, was potentially toxic. Yes, you know? it's, it's common, isn't it? It, yeah. it is. Yeah, and, and we've spoken before previously about lilies. You know, yes. lilies being the obvious one, but um, that that really, if you go looking at kind of any indoor plant, there's always a potential that it's going to be potentially toxic. Uh, yeah, exactly. Even the plastic ones. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or the ones that have frogs in them. Anyway, you know. <laughs> Um, from IKEA, exactly, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, um, I guess what I, what I, reason why I brought this into it, in for us, Lewis, is I wanted to try it because I think from a, a toxic plant point of view, I mean, my advice to Lucy on this was, um, like I've got indoor plants uh, at home for my cats, um, and occasionally my cats will have a little chew on them. But we mm-hmm. try and stop them from doing it, um, but they don't seem to get too bad because all they do, they literally just sink the sink the chompers in, and that's it. Tanzania and Mamba. They are decimating these plants. They are right. they are destructors of plants. Yeah. She's so, sure she hasn't got a mini cows. Well, they? that's what yeah. I was thinking. That you know, um, I, have, sheep I, I have seen these cats before, and they are definitely cats. They oh, are, okay, they, they verified are by ruminants. Vet. Verified, that's good. yeah, yeah right. Definitely not ruminants. Rabbits. So, Rabbit, no, not rabbits either. Okay, good. Yeah, good, yeah, not not good. the not the long-eared cats that or the long-eared guinea pigs that you get from Queensland. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, speaking about long-eared guinea pigs in in Queensland, yeah, there's a new there's a new little uh, loophole in the in the rules. You oh, know? is there really? So yeah. yeah, obviously we we've talked previously about how you know in Queensland, Australia, yes. you're not allowed to own a rabbit. Yeah, it's illegal. Yeah. So there's a lot of long-haired guinea pigs. Yes, but if you're a, 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 a if you class yourself as a magician. You're allowed to have a rabbit. No way. Yes. Really? So, so if you're a magician, you can have a rabbit in Queensland? Yeah, or looked up the census. Yeah. And and yet Queensland has the largest amount of magicians in the whole of Australia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they must all must be rabbit owners, mate. Are, are they, are they de- is that down as their occupation or their religion? Oh, yeah, Jedi. Je- Jedi, you know. Magician. Magician, you know. Yeah, yeah. This, this, this is my little totem, my little rabbit for, for my religion. <laughs> and one other thing about guinea pigs, yeah. while we're on this, yeah. guinea pigs, in Switzerland, yes. it's illegal to own just one guinea pig. No way, really. It has to have a friend. It's got to have a friend. Isn't that really sweet? Because so, as you know, guinea pigs like to live with other guinea pigs. They do, yes. It's really yeah. important. But it's actually illegal in Switzerland. To have one guinea pig. So imagine being in jail and going, you know, talking to the, your cell mate. You're going, oh, hey, mate, what, what are you here for? Oh, I oh, 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 killed three people. Yeah. You're going, what about you? Oh, I just had the one guinea pig. I just had one guinea pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like the other one, so I got rid of it. And I thought, you know. It only just, just died two days ago, but well, I got busted. They came around, the guinea well, pig police. Well, that's what I was wondering. You know, how? What, surely they have some sort of a time frame from when one guinea pig drops off the perch that you can do you know, before you have to go and get another one. You reckon an amnesty, like an amnesty. a gun, gun amnesty. A gun you've got, amnesty. A, you've yeah. got a guinea pig amnesty. Maybe there's like a guinea pig rentals that you can <laughs> ring up and just and just get like someone to emergency drop around a guinea pig so that way you're not contravening the law. That's a new law. business we could start up, there I reckon. Go. Yeah. yeah. I've got a mate in Switzerland. I'll get on to him. Go, go, um, Uber guinea pigs. <laughs> Uber guinea pigs. Yeah, yeah. Instead of Uber Eats. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uber <laughs> guinea pigs. you just got to make sure you ring the right number. Otherwise, somebody turns up with a guinea pig in oh. a brown paper bag. Well, that'd be if you're in Argentina. I think yeah. <laughs> I might end up with that. <laughs> oh. uh, speaking of inappropriate things... Yeah. <laughs> 
we segue back to back to Tanzania and Mamba eating indoor <laughs> plants? Yeah, let's go back to there. Yeah, right. Hey. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Um. So um. So I was. So yeah. The, the indoor plants that we've got at home. I'm not. I haven't looked and see whether or not they're toxic. They're not lilies, so I'm happy yes. with that. Um. And Parker and Melvin, they don't really um do much, and they have a bit of a sniff. They have a little chew, and then that's it. But the given that Tanzania and Mamba are destroying them, what I wanted to postulate with you is whether or not. You know, um, you think there might be benefit in having sacrificial plants yes. for a period of time. So getting cat grass. Yeah, you know, definitely. Um, That's what I was going to recommend. You yeah, know, distract yeah. them onto something that you, you want them to eat. Yes, yeah. So if you go to Bunnings, your local Bunnings, or, you know, in Australia, or your hardware store. Yep. And, uh, and you know, they sell like a cat uh, mint or cat yep. grasses. Catnip, yep. although the cats in Australia don't tend to respond to catnip as well as they do in the US. Right. Um, but they, if you've got, you know, you have a big tray of those grasses and you might need to rotate some. So you have one sort of, you know, one that's in the house fully grown, yep. one in the backyard that's halfway there, one in the laundry that's, you know, three quarters, you know, halfway there. And so you can yep. rotate them sort of through. Yeah. And, and possibly, yeah, those plants may be more tasty. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're more inclined to go for those ones than go for the, the other plants that they've got, they've got around the house is one option certainly I was thinking of while you're talking there yeah um, and then the other thing that I was thinking was whether or not it'd be an option of um, if you then did have uh, indoor plants that you wanted to use obviously trying to find ones that are lower toxicity yeah uh, if you're yeah. worrying do a bit but, of background on them maybe yeah. you know but then um, maybe just bringing them in um, for short periods of time. So, you know, having it there for a little bit and then taking it away and then there oh, for a little yeah. bit and taking it away. Almost as a way of saying, right, it's there, but then it's gone. You know, so it's... It's so not just getting a mild, mild toxic dose regularly. Is that what you say? Uh, like on um, Princess Bride, where the guy you know, I, I've been uh, uh, treating myself with small amounts of poison for the last years, so I have developed an immunity to it. Yeah, I love it, Robbie. That sounds great. <laughs> solved. 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 Send all your mailbag. We'll solve it all. <laughs> Problem solvers, um, but yeah, uh, uh, do you reckon that would work with being able to, or if your if your cat's going to get enough of a a kick out of eating plants that they're just going to keep on doing it? Yeah, I, I reckon sometimes when they get into it, it's really hard to stop them, and yeah, you know, right. it's just the simple things of you know elevating the plants or providing something else that to distract them onto it. Yeah, you know, doing the research, so like you said, I mean, you know, yes, you got lilies, but then you got some sort of oleanders and stuff with have like a, the milky sap in them. I mean, oh, okay, you know, I don't yep. know if they're an indoor plant. I'm not really a botanist myself. Yeah. <laughs> as I look at that plant behind you that the, in the in the pod cave and I think it is a, a type of lily but I'm not sure that Olive's shown any uh, any interest in it yet Anthurium Anthurium yes, yes, actually yes. no I did look that one up that one's okay is it? oh good I think, <laughs> I think. <laughs> alright uh, Debbie everything's okay moving on yeah <laughs> we'll uh, just google that up yeah <laughs> Plant in the pod cave, Lewis. Uh, yeah, look, we just we were actually talking about toxic indoor plants, and uh, turns out that was not very good. So it's uh, it's in the bin. It's in the bin. Yeah, it's well, in the green I, bin. What I do know, you know, you mentioned bringing the plants in and out, is that Deb loves to rotate the plants around the house. You know, okay, give them yep. a bit of sun, a bit of that, and they don't tend to like it. Right. No, so I think taking them out and then bringing them in, the hot and the cold and, and all the different temperatures, I'm not sure they're going to go so well, mate. That, that, that's from a botanist point of view. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, oh, well, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, rather than the cats. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. sorry. <laughs> oh, the cats in and out. Yeah, oh, sorry. 
Or you think we should lock the cats out and keep the indoor plants in? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then, and then vice versa. You know. <laughs> so when you, when the cats come in, the pl- the plants go out. Well, well, I guess that's the thing. There's probably a lot of these cats that are out there. Yeah. You know, outdoor cats. Yeah. They're probably out chewing all these plants that are around that's a everywhere. Great point. Yeah. And we rarely see. Oh, I don't think we see any toxicity. I mean, maybe down the track we will find something causes chronic renal failure or some. Yeah, yeah. You know, hyperthyroidism yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs> some yeah. PhD sitting out there. Yeah, for yeah. Someone to do, but we do see a lot of cats. Obviously, they're out chewing on the grass and eating all sorts of different things and and they don't tend to get sick so yeah look oh, i mean i guess you know if these plants aren't getting ill by it is is that a huge issue or maybe oh, i think that's the thing yeah i guess if it's um as long as you're getting non uh, low enough toxic ones then maybe it's not, uh, yeah if, i think most of the time it seems apart from the ones where you're getting the real issues like you know the, the lilies de- destroying uh destroying the kidneys and that sort of stuff most of the time, it seems like it's GI signs, you know, like yeah, if they exactly. chew it, they end yeah, up with just vomiting right. and diarrhea. So yeah. I guess but if you find one that's not going to cause it, but uh, uh, I suppose you haven't been to Lucy's house, have you, Robbie? I you haven't haven't done, no, 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 I'm just okay. We, we probably should just stop there. I mean, I wonder if she's got a hydroponic set up of some sort of that's, <laughs> that's the issue that we that's it's it's it's, it's not they're getting sick, it's costing her hundreds of thousands <laughs> of dollars, and, and the commentaries aren't very happy with the. With the, the nibbled nibble buds on the, yeah, the hydroponic setup. So I keep wondering when they come in why their pupils are dilated. No. Does she pay in cash? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lucy, that's, that's, that, we know that's not true at all. You know, that's all good. Yeah. Her name's been changed, I hope, <laughs> Robbie. <laughs> yeah, she's in witness protection now anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. All right, mate. Excellent. Well, I reckon that's a wrap for the pod. What do you think? Yeah, I reckon we're all done, mate. Absolutely. That's F18 all done. So. All right, guys. So, you know, hit us up. you got any questions, we're more than happy to answer them. And, uh, and, and Lucy, I hope that's not the, the police I can hear around now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you later. Yeah, peace out, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.